The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. After Jesus was baptized, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. I've been known to say that Lent is my favorite season of the church year. I've, I've even said that sometimes I think perhaps I like Lent too much. That's not a topic for a sermon, but rather uh, time with an analyst, I'm sure. <laughs> But I'll tell you why I say that. I like Lent, especially because of a Lent that I experienced in my college days years ago now. It was a Lent that was later than this one because this was in South Dakota. And I recall walking to a Lutheran church every Wednesday to be part of the Lenten series that they were having, which was essentially a worship service that was followed by some discussion on a topic. But I recall many evenings walking in a cool rain in order to go to that service. And there was something very refreshing about all that. And all of that comes rushing back to me at the beginning of every Lent. It was important to me because it was at a time in my life when I was trying to figure out what church I would have as my own. And it's not uncommon for people at that point in their lives to reconsider the, the church and the, and the religion of their parents that had been handed to them or imposed upon them and decide what it is that they really believe and how they might appropriate that as their own faith and tradition. And I had grown up in the Methodist church, had been very active in it, extremely active in it, actually, even in college. But at a certain point, I realized that for me, it just was not where I felt I was called to be. It was not my church. So I journeyed among Lutherans for a while and Roman Catholics. And my friends knew that I had uh, friends that were Episcopalians knew that I was exploring these liturgical churches where I found a depth of worship that I had not experienced before. 
And it was because of two friends, Martin Brokenleg being one who preached at my institution, uh, who brought me into the Episcopal Church and where I fell in love, really, with the mystery of God, with that aspect of God that we can never really understand. It's always well beyond our grasp, but keeps drawing us ever nearer. That's why I love Lent, because for me, it's a time for me to recall the many Lents, not just that one, but the many that have opened for me a deeper understanding of my faith, drawing me closer and closer to God. And every year, it seems I need it. Some years I need it more than others. But that's what I hope for you, that as we begin this Lenten journey, it's not just a time of uh, the kind of self-examination that we may have heard in that great litany, uh, not, not a time necessarily to beat our breasts and to talk about how awful we are, but rather to really think about who we are, to think about our identity before God, but also to consider whose we are, because I think that's equally important. One of the things that happens, I believe, in Lent is that we become more attentive if we take it seriously. I was becoming more attentive this week and something happened that I want to tell you about that I think uh, shows how God can open us to self-examination. Tuesday morning, I came to the seven o'clock worship in the chapel and went in and found that it was ice cold. Something was wrong with the heat again. So we worshiped in the library the day before. Actually, I had been without heat all day in my office and I thought, well, that's all for the cause. I can handle that. But Tuesday, the second day, I thought this is not fun. I don't really like this very much. And as the day went on, I was thinking about the fact that we had the uh, supper, who, the pancake supper was going to happen that night in the, in the parish hall. And then the next morning, we had to have heat in the chapel for sure, because we had 7 o'clock, 11.30, and then 7.30 in the evening services. We needed heat. Now, to be fair, I need to say that there has been an enormous amount of work that's been done in order to improve our heating system. And we are on the, the cusp. We are almost there. And we're going to be so happy when this is complete. <laughs> it's going to save us money and it's going to be a much better system. And we're already experiencing some of the fruits of that. But we were not experiencing them on Tuesday. I was so frustrated. Finally, at one point, I, I called the owner of the company and said that something had to be done. They were treating us like second class customers. I could go on and on. I won't. <laughs> And in short, I guess I made a fool of myself. Uh, I was so upset. Then I became angry with myself for my frustration and the fact that I could not control myself and especially with a collar on, take on somebody like that who was trying to help us after all. And you can see all of the wheels turning and I'm sure they have for you as well. And then that night came to the pancake supper. We had heat. They responded, had wonderful help from Jay Powers without whom I don't think we would have gotten through that day and came to the pancake supper. And I was asked if I would lead the group in prayer. So I took this wonderful little booklet that had some prayers in it uh, that had been prepared by June Grace. And she does this every year. And they're always wonderful. And I began to read this one prayer without having read it before, which is always a mistake. 
And the prayer goes like this. God of love, through this Lenten journey, purify our desires to know you. Still, any temptations to judge others, to place ourselves above others. Let us surrender our impatience with others, that with your love and your grace, we might be less absorbed with ourselves and more filled with the desire to follow you in living our lives according to your example. Amen. Well, I was convicted by that, (laughs) but it didn't end there. God was not done with me yet. The next morning at the seven o'clock worship, when I had the opportunity to lead uh, that and two other services in uh, the Ash Wednesday liturgy, as we prayed together the litany of penitence, we prayed this prayer. We confess to you, Lord, our anger at our own frustrations. Well, God had nailed me. I know that what I must do this Lenten season is reflect on my frustration and how I deal with frustration, how I deal with my relationship with others and what effect that may have on my relationship with God. That is the sort of attentiveness that I think God brings us into as we begin our journey in Lent. We all have blind spots. We all have those areas of weakness where we can so easily succumb to temptation and to do what feels good to us in the moment, but which may not, in fact, be the sort of person we want to be at all. I think that part of our job, at least in the Lenten season, is to ask, is this the kind of person I want to be? But even more importantly than that, knowing that I am a child of God, is this the sort of person that God wants me to be? I believe that our journey in Lent really has to do with our identity, with who we are before God and with one another. One of the things that we believe is that Jesus was fully human. And I think that's especially important for us to think about and hold in mind as we reflect on this gospel lesson this morning. This lesson begins immediately after the baptism of Jesus. I am always um, just really taken with the idea of Jesus being baptized in the Jordan, because one can imagine it was uh, it was just chaos. If you've ever been in the Middle East, you know how chaotic it can be, especially when there are large crowds. Everybody's in charge. Everything is happening at once all around you. And you can imagine that the water uh, that they were standing in was not clean, pristine water like we use when we baptize, but rather the water of a muddy river. And Jesus steps out into that as, in a sense, I think, to identify with the people, to be with them and to stand with them. And then John reluctantly baptizes him. And then in a moment, the scripture says, uh, the the heavens opened, a a, a dove came down and, and the words are heard. God speaking to him, you are my beloved in whom I am well pleased. And then. The oddest thing of all happens. It says that that same spirit, that gentle dove, drives him out into the wilderness. It doesn't say it invites him to go out and meditate. It drove him out. The Greek, in fact, could even be translated to throw out bodily. Jesus wasn't given a choice about going into the wilderness. Jesus was driven into the wilderness 
by God. And I believe he was driven there because God realized that what Jesus needed in that moment was to go out and affirm, to be able to stand the test of his identity. So many times when we hear uh, this gospel read, it's a it's a temptation, I think, of preachers to uh, list all of these things the way Jesus was tempted and, and find ways in our lives where we're tempted the same way. But I think it's really about something so much deeper than that. I think it really has to do with our identity before God, who we understand ourselves to be. It's not just about Jesus having been tempted to commit particular sin. It's about the devil. It's about the tempter challenging him to turn his back on his call, to deny who he was, to deny that he was the son of God. To say to him, Jesus, are you sure? Are you sure that you're really the son of God? I can do a lot more for you than that. Well, Jesus goes through those 40 days tested, but it was the kind of preparation that he probably had to have because of all of the testing that would come after that. This was only the beginning. It was early in his ministry. He had to go through so much more testing, people challenging him on all sides. Are you really the son of God? We begin this Lenten journey with what I think is a very strange image before us. It's the image of a 30 year old Jewish man, a carpenter, who believes that he has heard God say to him that he is God's child and that he is God's beloved. And then he is tested to see if he really believes that that's true. I believe that. This Lent, each one of us is called to that kind of testing. Each one of us must allow ourselves, in a sense, to be examined by the test, by the by the tempter, to be able to see if it's possible for us to truly believe that we are children of God. We are God's beloved. And one of the things that I think helps us to get through those times of testing is to remember the words that are said by the priest at the very end of the baptism. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. Not for this moment, not because we all feel wonderful and warm and it's so good to be together. God has sealed us forever in our imperfection. In our frustration, in those times when we are not the person that we want to be or that we believe God wants us to be. But God is always calling us back, always inviting us back to turn, to come to God. And God promises to forgive. That, too, is a part of the Lenten journey. My prayer for you and for me is that we may have a rich Lenten journey, one in which we truly look at ourselves and ask ourselves, is this the person I want to be? And more importantly, is this the person that God wants me to be? And that we may never forget, ever, never, ever forget 
You are God's son. You are God's daughter. And God declares, you are my beloved. Amen.